Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, Larry. Morning, Mike. Good. How are you? Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Good. Okay. Last week, the U.S. Treasury increased the size of its quarterly bond sales for the first time in two and a half years because of the rise in budget deficits. The increase to $103 billion was so alarming that Fitch ratings cut the government's AAA credit rating to AA+. Fitch said it expects U.S. finances to deteriorate over the next three years. What does a downgrade mean to the economy and the safety of Treasury bonds? Look, first of all, um, you know, with that downgrade, it, it should also be recognized that they talked about our politics, right? And the political infighting that our country has seen, you know, every time uh, you get to a debt ceiling, uh, you have the uh, politicians come on CNBC and Bloomberg um, and talk about, you know, why they're not going to vote to, you know, raise the debt ceiling. And it's just bad, right? Um, you know, they want uh, these bills are often packed with with different pork barrel projects in, in the home districts. Uh, it is dysfunctional. Um, and it, you know, it, I'm shocked that it took this long for a downgrade to happen because of, of political reasons. Now, look, when you look around the room, our debt to GDP ratio is pretty damn high, right? If you look at the other developed, you know, the G7 nations, uh, we're running our debt to GDP at about 100%. It could go up to 130% uh, compared to most G7 nations, you know, in the 40, uh, going up to 50% range. So we do have quite a, a lot of debt on our books, still mainly from the pandemic. Um, and rolled over even from the from the adventures uh, in the Middle East that we had, you know, close to 20 years ago that have compounded. So uh, it's getting up there high. Uh, dollars firm, though, uh, you know, rates are still relatively low. Um, but, you know, you're going from issuing debt, you know, in the in the one and a half, one sub one range uh, to times four that times five that even in some cases. Right. If you if you look at, you know, the two year notes. Um, so, so the interest payments have gone up dramatically, and then, and the political infighting has taken a toll. Hence, the downgrade. Uh, still, the safest bonds in the world. Uh, the dollar um, is behaving very well. It's uh, you know not too hot, not too cold. So, for right now, uh, I think it's okay. But you know, look, we have uh, large entitlement programs that we're funding in this country, um, and at some point, uh, they're going to have to be trimmed or pushed back uh, slightly because it's it's just too much right now. Yeah, I totally agree with that. What's really ironic is that I believe last week you noted August and September seasonality, and clearly it has you know worked again basically to a T. It's much more of a slap in the face of the politicians, um, largely because what you said, they just threatened to default on U.S. debt just basically throughout their negotiations. Um, you know, it's really kind of a corollary to August of 2011 when U.S. debt was downgraded, but you're not going to get the same type of market effect, largely because of uh, the fact that this has now already happened before. Back then, you know, trading algorithms and people didn't really know how to react to this, quote unquote, in financial theory, risk-free asset not being priced at AAA. But ultimately, mechanically, it means absolutely nothing. There's no threat of the U.S. being able to pay its debts because it has a currency which it can free float and circulate. So. Ultimately, uh, it's a different environment than August of 2011 as well, because back then we were in the European debt crisis. And really, ultimately, what you have to it, it, it's, it's more of a superficial slap on the wrist than anything else. Mechanically, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. In light of that, also, the government uh, 
are anticipate people are anticipating a government shutdown when they come back to budget negotiations next month. Yeah, I think that that's going to be another really interesting scenario that you have to deal with. And uh, you know, originally there was th there was some thought that they would actually push the debt ceiling vote to coincide with this budget deficit uh, negotiation. Now, this is going to be a little bit uh, difficult for them to come to some form of an agreement to. But you know, during the debt ceiling negotiations, they basically froze spending. So ultimately, at the end of the day, they have to come to some form of an agreement without increasing their spending. And kind of what you alluded to, Phil, which is really interesting, is um, the only way to really tackle this runaway debt number long term is to go after entitlements. And that's absolutely not going to happen right before an election year because you're just going to lose votes. So The increased bond sales and the downgrade caused the sell-off in bonds. The 10-year Treasury bonds yield climbed above 4% again. Now, I bought a 10-year bond with a 3.5% coupon for $95 with a yield of 4.07%. How does that work? If I hold that to maturity, am I getting capital gains and a boost in interest? Or is that whole $5 in capital gains, is that factored into the new yield? It's definitely not factored into the yield. So what's really important to understand about your rate of return on bonds is that it comes from potentially, well, not potentially, it comes from two places. It comes from the interest rate and the coupon that it pays, and then it comes from what your yield to maturity is, and by yield to maturity, kind of your price relative to the par value of the bond. So really bringing everything back to the fundamentals here. Every bond is issued roughly at 100 cents on the dollar. So it's issued at 100 cents on the dollar, it matures at 100 cents on the dollar. Throughout its life cycle, depending on what its duration is, it's going to pay interest. Different bonds have different payment periods, but pretty much for the most part, government bonds pay interest twice a year. So your rate of return is calculated based off of what the coupon is, plus what your appreciation is, if you're, especially if you're buying something at a discount. And this is really important because in today's environment, after interest rates rose precipitously the last year and a half, most government bonds are trading at a discount to their par value due to the fact that when they were issued, especially if they were issued pre-pandemic, they were issued a much lower interest rate. So for example, if you're buying a bond, a bond as you said, with a 3.5% coupon, but you're buying it at $0.95 cents relative to $0.100 cents on the dollar, which is the par value, and ultimately what you receive when that bond matures, your yield is three and a half percent, but your yield to maturity, which is what your ultimate rate of return is on that bond, will take into consideration that price appreciation from 95 up to 100 cents on the dollar. So one trap that people can potentially fall into is that they're looking at the interest rate of what their bond portfolio generates as their rate of return. And in this particular environment, that's not exactly correct. You really have to be focusing on the yield to maturity because so many bonds out there. So the are capital gains right that, that from ninety five to hundred, that's being factored into the yield. It's not factored into the yield. Okay. It's factored into your yield to maturity. The interest rate that the bond pays is your yield, and that's basically determined by the health and safety of the organization through the, through the ratings agencies, ironically enough, and um, 
what interest rates largely are at the time of the issuance on that bond plus the duration. Longer duration bonds will carry a higher interest rate usually. Right now we're in an environment where the yield curve is inverted, so some short-term bonds have higher yields. But for the most part, it's your credit rating and the time that it's issued because everything uh, pays on a spread relative to U.S. Treasuries. So, And that's a great bond. And, you know, you, you buy it for the yield, right? You, you bought it at a discount. You're getting a really good yield. And when you buy these things, you know that rates probably will continue to rise a little bit, right? But are you happy with that, you know, 4.07% in your portfolio? It comes to maturity. It's guaranteed. Um, you buy a bond for safety of principle and for yield. And uh, I think you can live with that that yield. And then in 10 years or whenever, you know, if rates go down, actually, you'll have a cap gain. But you don't buy bonds for the cap gains. You buy them for the yield, the coupon, and the safety. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. That was really great. Um, I really appreciate you explaining that. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com, and we'll be back next week.